0: Science Sides Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz and welcome back to the 18th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of October 1st, 2023 and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to begin this week's podcast and I'm excited because this is is episode 300 of the Faith and Science podcast. This is pretty incredible to me that we are to this point. We have gotten to episode 300 along with the special other episodes. I don't count those when we do some special editions or intro to the podcast, but it's the 300th episode of following the Revised Common Lectionary each week. So for me, this is kind of a huge milestone. I'll give you a preview that later this week, I will be dropping kind of an episode that will be taking some Q&A questions if anybody has any. I've been still waiting for some of those. Again, in the show notes, the email address is always there. Feel free to shoot something that way. Also kind of giving you some background, I always kind of look at these milestones as kind of Good times to check up and kind of talk about some things. There's definitely been a few things that have happened this year that I feel like are worth talking about and some real awesome, amazing things that have happened and some things that have been a little bit harder. But I think in the end, it's going to be good for us in the long term. So I'm really excited about that and kind of give you a little bit of some glimpses of things that I've been trying to work on behind the scenes that I really have wanted to talk about for a while, and I feel like the time is just about right to really talk about them and some unique ideas and different things that we'll be looking at here into the future. So that's always fun. So look forward to that later this week. Let's also talk a little bit about the question that we had for last week, which was, where have you listened and received a creative response to your question? And I had a loyal listener respond with, one, how often that when God is creatively speaking for him, he isn't always hearing it. And sometimes it feels like God almost needs to hit him by side of the head with a two by four. But it's this delight that when he understands it, the labor of which we're doing is not something of dread, but something of glee because of how we've been forgiven. And I think it's just beautifully kind of talked about that way. And I think in a lot of ways, even like when I think about this podcast, and I've talked a little bit about it before in the history of what all came to be. I don't think I fully understood what God was doing and I still don't feel like I have a whole big grasp of what God is doing with this thing. But it's also been such a blessing to me and I can see it being a blessing to others. And in that way, it makes it all worth it, even though there's times where it's a lot of work. It's a lot of additional time, work and effort, but I also see the benefits of it and it's a beautiful thing also at the same time. So Let's just jump into it this week. Again, we have those dual Old Testament readings. So we have the first one being out of Exodus chapter 17, the first seven verses of it. This is continuing that Exodus story with Moses. The Israelites now after being fed, they're complaining because they're thirsty. And they're getting to the point of why are we even brought out here? I mean, we had things better in Egypt. Why would you bring us out here to kill us? And Moses is talking with God about this, and God's like, okay, gather the elders together, strike this rock, it splits open, and water comes out for the people to drink. And it's this moment when Moses is then kind of asking people, is the Lord not among us? Look, God is providing for us when we're willing to listen and not just get frustrated with God. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 78, the first four verses and verses 12 to 16. And this is this recognition of how we need to be listening and looking backwards to the generations of what has happened, what God has done, and making sure that we're passing that along, but also keeping our ears open to what God is doing and remembering all these different things that God has done. And it gets into that through 12 through 16 a lot of how God continued to provide for the people of Israel. Why wouldn't God continue to provide for us now? The other Old Testament text you can choose from is Ezekiel chapter 18, the first four verses there and 25 through 32. This is this moment when Ezekiel is really laying into the people of Israel that you're really not doing this whole thing right. And how God cares so much about us, And has this vision and plan for us and yet how often we say what the Lord is saying doesn't make sense or it's not a good idea or I know better and in doing that it's convincing ourselves that we know better than God and this is the a sin that we can easily fall into something where we are being convinced of our own pride our own transgressions our own way of living is getting in the way and it's like God stating, what do I have to do for you people? Haven't I done enough looking at the tribe of Israel and how God has continued to provide for the tribe of Israel that maybe I have something bigger than what you're able to see at this moment. Things that you can't fully grasp and fully understand because I'm able to see the whole picture. And God is not wanting the death of people, but he's wanting life, which means that we need to be able to follow in what God is laying out for us. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 25, the first nine verses, and this lays into that theme of trusting the Lord, realizing that God is over everything, realizing that the paths that God is trying to create are better paths than what we are able to create on our own. And in doing that, we should be following the mercy and the steadfast love that God has for us and recognizing that, yes, we will make mistakes along the way, but asking for forgiveness, coming to God with those and trying to be in that right standing, trying to be in that place where we are walking hand in hand with God. The epistle text or New Testament text that goes along with this is Philippians chapter two, the first 13 verses of it. And this plays more and more into that theme of we are looking for a mindset of not something of our own, but we're looking for a mindset that is greater and is focused on Christ Jesus. This recognition that God has this bigger vision than what we have. And we see that in what happened with his son and that. What God was willing to have his son go through in order that we might live. But in doing that, it means that there is this love that God has for us is one, very, very deep, and two, Things that we think destroy is not necessarily what God is intending, and that means a lot of times that we're not able to see through the whole situation in the same way that God can, which then opens up the door to a whole new picture and format of where God is leading us, sometimes beyond what we can understand and imagine. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 to 32, So the chief priests and elders are coming up to Jesus in the temple. They're asking, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? And Jesus then responds with, can I ask you a question? Did the baptisms that John did come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they're bickering back and forth because if they say they're from heaven, the question then they would be asked, then why do you not believe in John? But if it's of human origin, so many of the people around him regarded John as a prophet and they're afraid for their lives. They say they do not know. And then Jesus responds with, neither then will I tell you by what authority am I doing these things, essentially stating that we aren't understanding. Jesus then goes into this parable of there's a man with a vineyard and has two sons. He goes to the one son and asks if he can work the vineyard. He says no, but later on changes his mind. The other son says, yes, I will go, but decides not to. And he then is comparing that and recognizing that how often we can put up our own barriers within the faith where we're saying, yes, we're doing this but yet we're so skeptical. But yet on the other side, the people who don't necessarily understand it, but when they understand it, they go and they do the work. And so there's this nice juxtaposition that we're in here that Jesus is putting the long-term Christian and the short-term Christian at times even here on trial. And this questioning of, are we continuing to do the work that is being called upon us? Or are we just questioning absolutely everything? So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this weekly through our shameless plugs for Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brimways podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction for this podcast, along with it just being a great resource. So, if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt Savini Library. Not only do they lay out the text beautifully week to week, but they also have art, the liturgical colors, hymns, prayers. There's a lot of great resources over there. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt Savini Library, I'd highly recommend that also. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Blades Rising Publications. Both of these give a wide variety of different ecological echoes, implications, and urgencies to be able to look at and think about these texts. If you are listening to a podcast weekly talking about how faith and science work together and being able to bring that into a preaching context, you're really going to enjoy this as it more looks at it from an ecological standpoint. I will be writing for them later this year. I'm really excited about it, and I hope you're looking forward to that too. So sign up for that in the show notes down below. Our understanding and God's understanding of things is often not the same. And trust me, I think even within as I'm hitting this milestone for myself, there has been a lot of things with this podcast that I have anticipated at different points going faster, and then there's been other things that have gone much faster than I anticipated also. There are moments where it's super exciting to be doing this weekly, and there's certain moments where it's not as exciting doing this weekly based off of various different factors of life in general. It's amazing within our lifetime and how we perceive life in this physical form, we have a curiosity to understand things and especially like understanding people and trying to understand how all this stuff works and trying to get glimpses of this quote unquote stars and what their lives look like compared to mine. And yet they would say, I just sometimes wish I had just a normal life where I didn't have everyone coming up and talking to me all the time. All these different facets and assets that are all being rolled together. We all run on this idea of there's basic fundamental principles within life. And over time, we slowly understand more and more and might shift things and change things. And in doing that, it shifts how we understand things and it, we grow. For instance, the way that I look at my faith now compared to even 10 to 15 years ago is much different. And so I think there's this aspect of growth that we all need to be going through and constantly changing. And that's the beautiful thing that science brings to us is it's forcing us to grow. It forces us to challenge what we know and forces us to grow. And sometimes that can lead to a little chaos. So I stumbled across this last week. There's been a couple things with this, and it's kind of been a bigger rabbit hole than I initially thought. I started looking into what some are calling the crisis in the cosmology, and this idea that there, to this point, has been basically two different models that we've been utilizing and understanding over the last 150 years. For us to be able to understand, one, how big the universe is, and two, how old is our universe? Now, again, we'll be talking about this from scientific perspective. So, the first is using supernovas calibrated by Cephids, variable stars. So, these are stars that are in certain areas out in space that they have figured out that they pulse. They essentially are brighter and then they go through a dimming stage and then they're brighter and then they go through a dimmer stage. Based off of how we know how bright those stars can be, we then can use different light decay, figuring out the amount of time that it's traveling to get to us along with there's a red hue as it's going further and further away we're able to figure out a distance and thus being able to remember as we're dealing with space-time you're going through time with the amount of light being transferred to us to our telescopes and different things to be able to use and do calculations off of that to be able to understand roughly how far things are, to be able to give us some idea of the dimensionality of the universe. The second method is using a cosmic microwave background. So using from the initial explosion, so we're going to use in this case Big Bang, the initial explosion that created the universe based off of how fast things were going, it literally made the different elements act more like photons. They weren't reactive, they didn't have electrons being able to circle them. And as they've cooled down, then they start getting that. Photons being the last ones that aren't the reactive sense. And being able to. Hear these microwaves and being able to figure out where there are spots where it's still warmer and cooler, being able to map things to be able to create depth and based off of like how hot it is with how close it is to us. And I am simplifying this a lot and I'm struggling to even grasp this. But being able to use that to calculate and make models to be able to help us understand how old the universe is now this second model this cosmic microwave model is about 50 years old and the first method using supernovas calibrated by ciphered variable stars is a little bit older Hubble was part of that hence why we had the Hubble Space Telescope initially so in doing that when we were first starting with these models the air range or variability that we potentially had within our calculations was bigger. And in doing that, there was quite an overlap. And thus, we were figuring, okay, the universe then must be in that overlap between these two models. As the technology and different things have gotten better and better, they no longer overlap. So this is where the crisis started. And one of the things with us sending out the James Webb Space Telescope was the idea was maybe this can then help us understand which of the models is working better to be able to help understand the universe in and of itself. Well, (laughs) the initial and early results here, and I have an astrophysicist that I found here on YouTube has been kind of explaining this story and I'll attach some of her videos down below. First and foremost, the James Webb Space Telescope is confirming method one, which the idea was maybe we were, because of the resolution of the images that we're getting back with the stars, we were seeing things as brighter than they were, so thus making it so it looked like it was newer than it was, and thus maybe there was like a star or something behind it, so it was shining brighter Early results in have been showing, no, that's not the case. So that would still be supporting the initial method one and that the numbers were fairly similar. And then as they are looking at these models of what they've done with the cosmic microwave background, it's kind of confirming the same thing so thus it's still continuing that divide which then allows for the possibility is there new physics that we're not understanding at this moment to be able to understand how big and how old our universe is or is there something that we have been calculating in our cosmic microwave background that is causing us to misunderstand how old the universe is. is there what part of us taking in all these calculations for this is slightly off. And this has been something, again, as I've stated, they've been working on for 50 years. So it's a big program. And it's huge because it's been something that a lot of cosmology, along with just anything to deal with space, there's times where you're going to be basing some of that stuff off these models. So it is a little scary because then essentially it's opening up the door to whole new ways of looking at this stuff and thinking about this stuff. And you may have even seen recently, there has even been one paper that's discussing is our calculations way off and he is calculating that our universe is twice as old as what they have been initially stating with a little over 13 billion years old. This is both an exciting time but a frustrating time at the same time. It's exciting because yes we're expanding our ideas and trying to expand our ideology and trying to think about things creatively to potentially how is this all working while sifting through data and making sure everything is still making sense. But it's also frustrating because there is a lot of work that could be uprooted if we find all this stuff. But it's also exciting because maybe it's new physics that we need to discover and we need to figure out in order for us to be able to better understand and from these calculations, could it help us be able to work better here on earth ourselves? This, to me, is a lot of what these texts were this week. We have this elementary, at least to us now, understanding of what the chief priests and elders are bringing to Jesus. Who is giving you this authority? And then Jesus responds with this fairly easy question from us being on this side of the cross. Was the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? and yet the people at the time were so invested in what they knew were so invested in their standing were so invested that they had a hard time believing and that's where the beauty of science is yeah you have to support all this stuff but there's still times where you have to bring healthy skepticism and that's where it's beautiful because yeah it means you need to have more and more people doing things to verify to make sure you're not just finding an outlier But it's also can be hard because sometimes it means looking at data that isn't necessarily the greatest or trying to rethink things that you have known for so long. What we see here is the chief priests and elders struggling with the idea that God is changing things and the world is different than what it used to be. And the way that God works is different than how they had understood it in their mind to be. And that's where the Philippians text ties in beautifully. That we're giving up of ourselves to follow Christ. We're putting the interest of who Christ is with not only me, but with everybody ahead of myself. Because we're all in this together. The Ezekiel text saying we should be understanding that God's way is better than whatever we're thinking our way is. And we even see that in the Exodus story, I think especially. Especially. We can complain and complain and complain and complain, but yet God still listens and God will continue to show up and provide. Right now, with what we're seeing in the cosmos, we're questioning everything that we know. And it's frustrating and it's hard. And as you'll see, Dr. Becky has been talking about this stuff for quite literally years because they're still trying to figure this out. It's not a quick and easy answer. And even if you get a paper supporting it, you need multiple papers supporting this. And then you add in, okay, well, maybe... The James Webb Space Telescope will provide more insight to help us and it doesn't. And it means that we might need to revise our thought prices and we have to look at things harder and we need to tweak things and we need to think about things more, be more and more critical and potentially open up our minds to the idea of being creative and seeing if there's other ways that potentially that were factors that we haven't taken into consideration before. Is that not what our faith should look like? Where we should be asking questions not to try to stump Jesus, but try to understand more. Maybe the chief priests were trying to understand, but then when Jesus responds with the question, you can see the human elements getting in the way of them responding potentially on the way that they wanted to respond. And that, to me, I think is sometimes why some of the greatest breakthroughs In life can come from young people because sometimes there hasn't been as much this is the way that things should be or this is the way that things are that they're able to think of something creatively look at it differently potentially find out something better and new that's better for all of us to help us understand space better or for us to be able to just understand who god is better Yeah, I can understand the Israelites wandering around and yeah, they've gotten quail and manna, but they're thirsty and the water was flowing in Egypt and it was much easier. Why would I do this? Or the Israelites when Ezekiel's writing to them has been challenged and beaten up by all these different surrounding countries and God isn't helping us. Why should we be following? And yet, Ezekiel is saying, no, you're missing the point. There's a bigger picture than what you can maybe see just in your lifetime or just at this moment. Paul reminding us it's about something greater than ourselves. And that's the beautiful thing with what we're seeing with this crisis within cosmology. is It's bigger than one person. It's bigger than all of us. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of work. And yes, there's exciting parts to it. And yes, there's frustrating parts to it. But are we going to come in with the right attitude to be able to potentially get glimpses of what our universe is like and how old really is it? What does it actually mean and how it can maybe help us understand more of what is happening beyond this one little planet that we're on? So the question I have for you this week is where do you need to put aside your preconceptions to allow God in? Where do you need to put aside your preconceptions to allow God in? I think in a lot of things within our world, there's a lot of preconceptions that we need to work on, recognize, think about. We need to be able to see beyond people being on certain sides or seeing this is the way that things have always been, so this is the way it's always going to be. Because we know that's not how God works, and we know that's not how the world works. And when we act that way, we get stuck. So I'm excited for cosmology, personally. I know I'm not working with it directly, and I bet in certain ways it's infuriating right now when you're not able to pinpoint things down, and now numbers are literally going all over the board. But I'm excited about the possibility to continue to be able to see a field working creatively, thinking creatively. To be able to see then what potentially comes from that. To be able to see potentially and help us to as a greater humankind have a better understanding of what our universe is really like. And heck, maybe we'll learn some new physics along the way. And that'd be pretty exciting too. I think there's a lot of places that this could be applied. Our churches, our world politics. The creativity is so vital to who we are sometimes we're really afraid to share it we're afraid to do it because it means putting ourselves out there it means being vulnerable and it means being open to new ideas and exploring and not getting content with the way that things have always been and you know I think it's a good reminder for me as I enter into (laughs) life after 300 podcasts now to continue to be innovating continue to be willing to try new things on here continue to keep con- moving forward in a new direction even as the vision might slightly modify as more and more information is obtained and I'm excited about where we're gonna go and I hope you are too but I think as a world and as a community I'm the most excited about when we're allowing ourselves to be creative and it allows us to be open to exploring and being open to new ideas and when we're open to new ideas we often learn new things So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.